Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. All right, Mr. Davis, how about we do a good help in a tech gumbo today? Sounds great. Start off with a kind of a sad bit of news. Lincoln College is closing down and not going to reopen. And the last nail in the coffin was ransomware attack. Yeah, so Lincoln College is an HBCU in a, a rural district somewhere out in Illinois. And prior to COVID, they had actually been doing very well. But COVID set them back. And then this ransomware, they had everything in one place. They had all their recruitment and their retention and their fundraising on one server, and the ransomware got it, and they just had to throw in the towel. Again, this is such a sad story. You never want to see an institution of higher learning close, but you don't want to see them close because they didn't do a backup of their data anywhere. This is really bad. Because it would be one thing to say, oh, you know, it's going to set us back or it's going to take us weeks to rebuild, but they described it all as completely inoperable. And that is just, you pay the price whenever you don't have your backups in place. And whenever you don't have your IT security set up, you're exposed to these type of things. This was a 157 year old institution brought down by a cyber attack. And my guess is the cyber attack wasn't even targeting them. They probably didn't have Lincoln College on their radar. They was just out there crawling across the web and the trap sprung. So if you think it can't happen to you, guess again. Please back up your data. Three copies of your data have two different mediums and at least one copy offsite in the cloud somewhere where ransomware can't get to it. Backed up daily. Another farewell that we're going to say goodbye to is iPod is finally going away after 22 years. Apple's finally pulling the plug on the device, which really revolutionized how people consume music to this day. It started in October of 2001. The This device was revolutionary for its time. 
the original could hold a thousand songs. You had the shuffle, which was only about a hundred songs, but you know, near and dear to my heart because that's the first one that I had combined with iTunes really transformed how people consume music. It really did. And then when uh, Napster came out and people could grab songs from Napster and, and, and put it on their iPods, then you really had a lot of songs that you could grab and you you didn't have to be attached to a boombox or, or anything. I mean, you could have it right there and you're even, not even a Walkman anymore. You could just have a tiny little device with music in it. Very, very cool. We talk often about how my generation just consumes music differently, that I don't listen to a radio in the same way you do. That I'm very much, oh, let me have, you know, two or three songs from this album, two or three songs from that album, and maybe it's both by the same artist. And then I'm like, oh, then I'm going to switch genres entirely and grab three songs and then come back. Whereas it's not just, oh, I'm going to put on a Pandora station and go. I'm just used to having complete control over what is the next song that I hear? And I think that's so easily traced back to the iTunes and back to iTunes and the iPod. And just that's how I've always grown up is being able to control exactly what's the next song that I hear. So thank you to the the iPod for changing music and putting us on the path where we are. But if you haven't bought your iPod yet, better run out and do it now because it's, it's going to go away. But, the, you know, part of the question also is why are you buying an iPod? At this point, just buy the phone or buy something else. I mean, what percentage of American adults have a smartphone? I think it's like in the upper 80s or mid 80%. Why are you buying an iPod? And and that's probably why Apple is, is no longer going to make them because they're probably not selling many of them to begin with. I mean, I get maybe there's some parents who've been buying a few of these over the years because they didn't want their kids to have a smartphone yet. So we'll buy an iPod so they can have some music. But what what two-year-old doesn't have an iPad yet? Oh, and you also could just buy an old iPhone not connect it to a cellular plan and then go in and put in the child lock settings on the internet. And so there you are. You've turned an old iPhone into an iPod and you bought a used one. So you're not worried about, you know, your seven year old kid throwing it against the wall. It it just feels like it needed to go. It it had run its course. It it had done its job, but we've, we've moved on. Another thing that we're all hoping moves on is passwords and apple along with google and microsoft have been working together with the fido alliance to create a passwordless passkey yeah so apple is the rolling out their passkey soon they they announced at a recent press conference and it it feels very similar to what microsoft has talked about wherever they are envisioning a future without passwords and it's built on uh, biometric data in the same way that you have your touch ID and you have your face ID, you have your Windows hello or all those sorts of things. This is very much what the basis is. And so passkey is what Apple is calling their software that will verify you locally and then go tell whatever website you're connecting. Yes, this person is who they say they are. Or even if you're logging into your device, it's it's still going to recognize your biometrics. If you're logging into these pass keys with the FIDO Alliance, 
if you have an, an iPhone and a Windows computer and you're logging into a Google website, the same passkey is supposed to unlock all, all of the different platforms. Right. That's the goal is that because you have all three tech giants working together, they're working with this independent organization, FIDO, that everyone is saying, okay, we're working towards this interoperability. We're still several years out from actually executing. It's, it's yet to see how well the interoperability actually works because some of the, the critiques are, well, what happens if you know, you've been using Apple for a decade and you say, that's it, I'm done. I want to leave Apple. I, I want to go to the Android platform. If all of your passwords and all your pass keys and whatever are stored in Apple servers, how do you get them onto the Android servers? And so that's what you have that need for that interoperability. That's what they're working towards. You know, we're, we're still a little ways away from that. As has been said many times, not just here on this show, but anybody in technology, we passwords are just the worst thing in the world. And that's the, it's the least secure thing that's out there because once you have a password, now you can get hacked. Now somebody can guess your password, steal your password, or somehow or another get your password, and now they've got everything to you. Whereas these passkey, the environment, it's all local. There's nothing that somebody can steal. They can't hack into your your local device to get that passkey. They can't pull it out. That's that's the big change here is that we've talked about this other technology as well. But it's not like whenever you log in, that information would be stored. If you're logging into your bank, your bank wouldn't have a copy of it. They would just be told by your computer, yes, this person is verified. And so your phone would know who you are. Your computer would know who you are. But it's not like if someone hacked into the bank, they would have the list of all the usernames and passwords like they have right now. Good to see that we're we're moving on from passwords as as quickly as we can. We're not there yet, but it's coming, folks. It's coming. We're going to get rid of passwords. As Microsoft has, has said for years now, by the year 2025, we will not be using passwords, and I think this is going to have a lot to do with it. Absolutely. Apple is the, the first one to actually put it out there in the world, but you really have to think that Google and Microsoft have been working on this for a while, and especially spurred on by the fact that Apple's announcing it. Look for them to have their own press conferences soon enough. We brought it up last summer that Internet Explorer was officially going to die and end in June of 2022. Well, by the time you've heard this, June 15th, 2022 has come and gone, and so has Internet Explorer. Yeah, this episode is really just a, a dirge. We, we were just all the things that are dying here right now. <laughs> there, um, there, there was a theme when we put it together, yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Explorer is the next one. Microsoft has been shouting from the rooftops for a very long time now. Please stop using Internet Explorer. It is no longer secure. It is no longer good. We have stopped supporting it. But there's still people who are out there using Internet Explorer. And so Microsoft said, fine, we're just pulling the plug. It will no longer work. So if you're all of a sudden right now trying to get on your internet explorer and you can't because you have some old app that still needs internet explorer well that's okay the world hasn't not come to an end 
you can still use your Microsoft Edge. You can use Chrome or you can use Firefox. Each of them have a, a built-in capability to run the native inside the new browsers. Microsoft isn't just leaving you out to dry. There is the capability of continuing on. It, you do have to go in and find those where to turn it on, but it's not that complicated a procedure. And if it's business critical, you should probably be talking to an IT professional about it anyway. You probably already have talked to your IT professionals if it was business critical. You probably have been talking to them for the past year. And yes, all you do have to go and make it backwards compatible to Internet Explorer. It's two clicks and, and a save and and it's fine. I mean, you go to your settings and it's it's not a difficult procedure to do, but please go out there and do it. This next thing we wanted to talk about was fascinating to me. Consumers on average spend $133 more per month on subscriptions than they think they're spending. Yeah, that's not they spend $133 a month on subscriptions. It's $133 more than they think. And that is a pretty big number. The estimate uh, was about $85, but the actual was about $220. If, if you think about it, how many times have you signed up for a subscription? Let's say you signed up for Netflix and you think it's $9.99 a month, but you hadn't really paid attention when they went to $11.25 and then to $13.50 and $17 and now almost $19. So that's just $10 a month on Netflix alone. And then when you think, oh, well, I signed up for that newspaper subscription which was only it was an introductory offer of just four dollars a month and now it's forty dollars a month and you didn't realize that it went up because it's just hitting your credit card and you're not checking your credit card statement well guess what yep or something that you signed up and you were using for a while and then you just kind of forgot about it and you stopped using it for whatever reason maybe instead of a monthly subscription it's a yearly subscription and so you see it even less, you think about it even less. If you have a credit card, if you have a debit card, a lot of financial institutions will now offer some sort of tracking software and they'll be able to tell you, hey, we see that these are your recurring charges. Go look at those, spend a little bit of time, go back through those softwares because they'll probably give you a breakdown of where you're spending money in general. And it's useful to see all of it actually compiled like that. And if not, then you can go. There's apps like Truebill or Mint that'll help track your subscriptions. It'll help, you know, it'll look at your bank accounts and your your credit cards, and it'll it'll break down all of your all of your spendings a whole lot better for you. And highly encourage you if you're not looking at your statements each month already, this is a good thing to do. You used to have to sit there and balance your checkbook manually, but now that it all just kind of happens in the background and as long as you know the number stays above zero the gears keep turning well just go ahead and check on it every once in a while so the united states senate with a couple of senators one republican one democrat have decided it's time to start regulating cryptocurrency this is a big deal they are trying to empower the commodity futures trading commission the CFTC, which is a group that so already handles commodities, and it's important because it's not the Securities and Exchanges Commission. 
I don't know enough financials to be able to tell you what's the difference between a commodity and what's a security, but apparently that's an important distinction for these people. But they're trying to empower this federal agency to be able to crack down more on these unregulated markets. Well, commodity is like orange juice or bacon or something like that. Pork bellies are commodities, whereas investing in Microsoft is, is a security or an, that's that's what the security exchange does. So them sending this to the CFTC instead of the SEC is interesting because they're saying this these crypto coins are like a tangible asset because that's what commodities are is a tangible asset. Well, at the so I listened to a podcast about it recently, and his argument was they're a store of value as opposed to. They don't necessarily, you're not using it to do something else. It's a place where you are holding your your value. And so because you can't really use cryptocurrency to buy stuff right now, you're not really trading with it. It does sit in kind of the middle because theoretically you can spend your Bitcoin on things, but you're not going to Walmart and buying a gallon of milk with Bitcoin. You know, you're not doing a lot of things with it yet it's still very much just people are speculating on it and so i would assume that's why it falls into that market but the they're trying to you know we call for new regulations that are necessary around technology most of our conversation features around the internet and free speech and things like that but cryptocurrency is another one of these technologies that is new it is out there it is changing rapidly and it's very different than anything we've seen in the past this is a good step that people are thinking about it they're trying something yeah we'll see where it goes i i don't think this is going to go too very far right now with the recession coming on and elections coming up this this may this will be a back burner we'll get to it next year maybe kind of thing or you could have people who are upset because Bitcoin has dropped 65% of its value in the past six months, maybe. Or you have other coins, which at least Bitcoin still exists. It's not like tarot, which just completely stopped existing. So, you know, maybe you have people who are upset and they want something done about this. Maybe so. We'll, we'll keep an eye out. And as always, we will report back. Two last stories we wanted to get to real quick. Both of them have to do with upgrades instead of things being killed off. This theme has been going. HDMI cables are going to get an upgrade here soon. This is pretty cool. It'll be called HDMI cable power. And much like the name suggests, you'll be able to plug it into a, a device that supports this technology and run power with your HDMI cable too. Instead of needing a separate power cable, the, the HDMI will do both. Now, currently, none, there is no device out there that will accept this. So this is a technology that's going to be created around this cable, but it's it'll it'll come. Yeah, this is it's a pretty cool advancement here. The next thing we wanted to talk about is Bluetooth is going to get an upgrade here. So they're calling it AuraCast. And what this is, is that a transmitting device will be able to broadcast its signal to an unlimited number of nearby audio devices. Instead of the one-to-one -one pairing right now, it is now a one-to-many pairing. So let's say you're, you've got your set of earbuds, everybody, you got a family of four and everybody has their earbuds. Right now, only one of you can, can sync that, that earbuds to that radio or to that, that 
iPod, if you will. Well, now with this new Aura Cast, all four of you would be able to listen to the same iPod or, or music or device or whatever that you're syncing to. Or if you had a group of, of a family or friends or gatherings and everybody wanted to listen to the same thing, instead of having it broadcast openly, you could all be listening individually. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, this is a great technology. Bluetooth needs some upgrades like this. And so this is a pretty cool quality of life feature. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. You can also always text us 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.